Welcome to the Community Church Podcast. This is a special message from Mike Ripka about discipleship. This message is shorter than normal because it was part of a special baptism service, and there's a link to the full video of that service in the show notes. Thanks for joining us, and without further ado, here's Mike. Yeah, I was thinking about it, and and uh, I don't know about you, but I'm not a big fr- uh, fan of bumper stickers. I never have been. Uh, some people are huge fans and you know it's amazing sometimes you see a car and it seems like the car is being held together by bumper stickers they've got them all over down at the back but sometimes the side and the front and, and often you can tell something about the person by their bumper stickers you know by their something about their beliefs or hobbies or even their views on religious matters you know i remember one time i was driving up and i pulled behind a car that had a bumper sticker it said honk if you love jesus and i thought okay well this gives me a chance to affirm a fellow believer in our faith. And so I gave a little beep and a friendly wave. And well, he waved back, but it wasn't so friendly. It wasn't, it wasn't a full hand wave. It was a one finger, I won't do that, a one finger wave. And, and, um, and, and I'm thinking, well, that's not good. You know, but you got the wrong bumper sticker guy. It's, you know, maybe you borrowed the car, hopefully it's not your car. But, but one thing was for sure, the bumper sticker didn't seem to match his behavior. You know, every one of us on a way more serious note could tell stories of times that we've interacted with people who claim to be Christians, and yet their behavior didn't seem to match up with that as being a follower of Jesus. Unfortunately, there's way too many stories of people, even in the church, of positions of leadership in the church, you know, sometimes pastors and priests and who have behaved in ways that are horrific. And, And some of you I know have been victims of that, and I apologize for how people who claim to be followers of Christ have, have abused you. They claim to be Christians, but their lives, they don't look like followers of Jesus. Or put another way, they claim to be Christians, but they don't look like disciples. And then that leads me back to that question. You know, what does it mean to be a disciple? Is it the same thing as being a Christian? Can you be a Christian without being a disciple? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? And, and that's, again, a really important question. And it's going to it's going to, I want to take a few moments just to think about this, but let me start by even thinking about the words that we use to describe being a follower of Jesus, how we, the labels in a sense that we use. By far the most common label in our time, in our culture now, uh, is we would talk about it being a Christian. You know, now we might think, well, of course, well, that's a Christian. Well, that's the natural name you'd give a follower. It's, it's, it's in the Bible, right? Well, it is in the Bible, but what's interesting is it's not the name that the earlier followers of Jesus used to identify themselves. It's actually only used three times in the New Testament. It literally means little Christ, and it was originally was given by the opponents of the church as kind of a slur, a derogatory term to describe them, you know, kind of a, a derogatory thing. And what's interesting is, is that is the disciples never called themselves Christians, uh, but what, over, what we know for over time from history is that you had some of the early followers of Christ actually take this term that was meant to be a slur and they embrace, embraced it. You know, they said, no, that's what we want to do. We want to be little Christs. And that, that's a good goal. Now, what's interesting, though, is that if you think about it, is that in our culture today, many who t- uh, take that term, that label, it means something far different than being a little Christ. To many in our culture, to be a Christian is just someone who mentally ascribes to the you know, basics of our faith. Do you have the right beliefs about Jesus and about the cross or a few other things? And, and so a Christian is someone who has the right beliefs. And, and maybe they attend church, maybe they don't. 
Or some people say, well, I was raised a Christian. My parents were Christian, so that makes me a Christian. Or, or some people say, well, I did something. So I was baptized, and that made me a Christian. Or I, I went forward, I said a prayer. And we've got to look at it and you say, all those things may have some truth to them, but are they the whole thing? And what's really interesting is that all of those things, all those things that we would talk about, none of them say anything about really following after Jesus or seeking to be like him. Again, while we would say in our culture the most common term is Christian, again, what we've seen is that it's really not the term that is used most often in the Bible. It's only three times they never used to describe themselves that way. The label they used to describe themselves in the Bible, the early followers, is disciple. That's what they call themselves. While Christian is only used three times, disciple is used 269 times. Um, that's how they saw themselves. And it's a title that actually came directly from Jesus himself. In fact, if you look at a passage, a very well-known passage in Matthew 28, often referred to the Great Commission, you know, he said that the whole mission of the church is about making disciples, not, not converts or not Christians or not people who have the right beliefs. But what does he say? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you, that we're disciples. And so when we look at that, we've got to say it's more than just a name. It's not just that he gave a title here, but it's actually something that goes beyond that. It's actually a description because a disciple isn't just what we call ourselves, it's what a person is. See, to be a disciple, it was actually a word that was very commonly used in Jesus' culture. It meant to be an apprentice, a learner, or a follower. It was actually a word that was used to describe a kind of this student-master relationship that was very common in the day. It wasn't, it wasn't a student-teacher relationship where you went to, you know, went to class and learned what he had to say, but it was actually far more involved a disciple would actually live with the master. And, and they would not only hear the teaching, but they would walk with them and, and live it out every day. In fact, you can sum up kind of the difference as a teacher seeks to teach the student what they know, but a disciple seeks to teach the student who they are because the goal is to become like the master. More than anything else, it's this relationship where you get to know the master and not only get to know about him, but not only his beliefs, but who he is, what drives them, so that you become like him. Jesus said this himself. He described it this way, and look, look, at, look at Luke 6. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. That's what we're called to do. We're called to be someone who's seeking to become like Jesus, who our goal in life is to be with him so that we become like him. And again, if we're going to become like him, well, that assumes that our values are going to be different. Our lifestyle is going to be different because of that. As I think about this whole thing of labels or titles, and, and I think about how it plays out in our world, I think it, it's interesting to see because, you know, again, one of the challenges in our contemporary culture is that, like I said, I think there's a lot of people that define Christian very broadly. And so it's, it's not just committing those who are fully committed to following Christ. And that's why for example, they have in recent uh, studies that they say, well, what percentage of Americans self-identify as Christians? And that number has been going down, but it's still about 63%. And, uh, and I don't know about you, but that still seems high to me. You know why? Because in my exposure in life, everyday life, it doesn't seem like six out of 10 people that I interact with are really fully committed followers of Christ. I don't know about you. In schools, is it like six out of 10 are followers of Christ? Is that, no, it's not me either. It's in colleges or in your workplace or... 
half, a quarter? See, in our experience, we would look at that and say, 63% would identify as followers of Christ, but that doesn't seem to match up. But on the other hand, there are other studies that talk about looking at things that define someone they would define as a fully committed follower of Christ. And in various surveys, that on the high end, it says it's about 8 or 9% of our population. On the low end, it's about 4 to 5%. Now, you look at that and you say, okay, 63% identify and you know, maybe somewhere in the, you know, in the low to, or mid to low one percent or uh, single digits are actually living as a follower of Christ. And so what does it mean to be a true follower of Christ? Is it possible that when we look at the 63% that, that someone can identify as a follower of Christ and not really have a true relationship with Christ? Actually, Jesus warned us about this in Matthew 7 on the Sermon on the Mount. He says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So there will be people that will identify, people that will say, yes, I am a follower of Christ. I've, I've said the right words. I, but he said, okay, not everyone who, in a sense, if I were to use it in our terms, who claim to be Christian are not necessarily a true disciple. But what if we were? And if we just think about this, what if, what if our culture were defined by people that really work? There's a guy who's written a book on, um, on discipleship, a guy named Dallas Ward, and, and this is what he said. The greatest issue facing the world today, with all its heartbreaking needs, is whether those who by profession or culture are identified as Christians will become disciples, students, apprentices, practitioners of Jesus Christ, steadily learning from him how to live the life of the kingdom of the heaven into every corner of human existence. And his point is, when you look at all the needs, if we had this one thing where people really lived as followers of Christ, as true disciples, and that would start to, to change our culture. It would actually meet the needs of the, of the world, the greatest needs. You see, Having a relationship with Christ is more than what some people would think. It's not just about getting you into heaven. It's also, in a sense, getting heaven into you. It's not just this one-time transaction where we believe in Jesus, but it's a lifelong relationship of transformation where we submit to him in our lives. It's not just about accepting the merit of his death for the forgiveness of our sins. It's also receiving and submitting to the power of his resurrection. So he changes us. I'm talking about this this morning as a pastor and sharing because this is part of, as, as a, not only as a pastor, but as a group of elders, that as we've looked at it, we feel like this idea of discipleship is where God is calling us to focus in a church. There's a lot of good things that as a church that we could do, that we should do, that we try to do, but this call to make disciples is at the center of it all. And, and so we were looking at it and said, okay, in the midst of that, we don't wanna just make Christians, we don't wanna just educate people about theology, we want, to help people, each one of you, understand the call of Christ in your life and to become a fully committed follower of Jesus Christ. That's our mission. And it goes back to the Great Commission. We go back again to Matthew 28. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. What are we called to do? We're called to be disciples who are making disciples. And even as a church, we have nine core values that have grown from our study of God's word that we said, okay, what are the things that, that define us, that have to drive us, that, that we have to hold ourselves accountable to? And one of them deals with this issue of discipleship. It says this, Jesus described what it means to follow him in terms of discipleship. The only biblical model for reproduction and growth is Christ-centered and biblically-based discipleship, which only happens through intentional discipling relationships. 
I mean, we believe that. We want to live into that. We want to focus on that all the more. And so I'm sharing this in part because as, an, as, as the elders, we are, this is our focus. This is what we are thinking through, literally every aspect of our ministry, saying, how do we make this more about discipleship? And in the coming months, you're going to see some of this play out, especially if you're involved in some kind of community group or different ministry. We're, going to, we're, we're saying, how do we do this better? How do we become more intentional? We're going to be developing some, some far more involved uh, discipleship groups that are going to challenge you to make a significant commitment. And I, and I wish we could do this all right away. We're developing. It takes time. But I'm planting, I want to plant a seed of, of the thought in your mind. Because I'm hoping is that more of these opportunities come up that people are saying, I will make the commitment. You know, I want to, I want to commit to be a part of this where it's every week and where it's homework and where it's, why? Because I want to take this seriously. Not just being a follower, not be, or not being a, a Christian culturally, but really being a true follower. So now just, we're going to wrap this up quickly and, and, but I want to give you a couple thoughts just in closing. Um, what's this look like? Because again, we're not only sharing, here's what we're thinking, here's what our heart is. You're going to hear a lot about this in the, because this is, this is where we feel God is calling us as a church. Um, but where do you go even from, from now, you know, today? How do you walk out? Well, I want to give some, some practical ideas. Again, you know, over 60% of people are saying, well, I'm a self-identified Christ, or, or, or Christian and, and only 5 to 10% are living out like a disciple. Let me ask you this question. If someone were to follow you around for the next week, not just in church, but if they were to go home with you and to look at you in your home and your interaction with your spouse and they were to see your free time, they were to watch you in your workplace, would they conclude by observing your life that you are a cultural Christian or that you are a person seeking to be a fully committed disciple of Jesus? Let me put it this way. You got the bumper sticker. Does your behavior match up to the bumper sticker? And we have to ask that question. And, and I want to challenge you, first of all, to accept the call of Jesus Christ to go beyond the bumper sticker and to accept his call to follow him as a disciple. And again, what we said earlier, a disciple is someone whose ultimate goal and drive in life is to be with Jesus, is to become like him. And does that describe your life? And again, I want to encourage you to accept his call. It's not my call, it's what his call is upon your life. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It means recognizing that, that his desire for your life is more than just being a Christian by cultural standards. It's more than just, you know, I prayed the prayer or that, you know, that I have the right theological beliefs. Or His call is actually to, to come and to commit your life to Jesus Christ, seeking to know him better, to surrender your life to him. And, and for some, I'm going to challenge you to think, okay, are you willing to say, God, I don't know all that that means, but that's what I want. You know, I, I don't want to just be the cultural Christian. God, I, I want to be a follower of you. Help me learn what that means. And hopefully even today, starting a process of taking that more seriously. And not that just so you have this one-time transaction where he forgives your sins, but you commit yourself to a lifelong process of transformation where you let him into every aspect of your life. And part of that means that you then arrange your life under Jesus' authority. It means that we recognize that, okay, you know, I give you the right to be God. I give you the right to, to call everything into my life and to say, where you speak truth, I want to live into that truth. I, I want to I understand Jesus, and I want to live like him. There's a passage many of you may know, uh, John 14, 6, that I was actually studying this week, and I, and I saw, was challenged to see it from a new light. 
And, and, and it's, it's, it's beautiful thought related to this. It says this, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, I think the way that I've seen that more traditional way is that it's almost the way and the truth are saying the same thing. You know, I am the way, I'm the truth, and because I'm the truth, I'm the only way to get there, and that's the only way to find life. And, um, and that's taught elsewhere in Scripture, but I don't think that's the main meaning here. When, when Jesus talks about him being the way, actually, when you study Scripture, you find that there's all kinds of things. Actually, the early followers of Christ define themselves as being a follower of the way, a follower of the path, in a sense. There's all kinds of Scripture that talks about walking in the path, walking like Christ, walking as he walked. It uses this imagery. And I think what Jesus is trying to communicate is that he's saying there's a marriage here of his truth, you know, of what we know in his way, which is how we walk, how we live, the lifestyle that, in a sense, that we need to know the truth of his teaching and, the, and, the, and his way or the lifestyle that he lived that out. And then we find the life that he offers. Eugene Peterson said that Jesus' way wedded to Jesus' truth brings about Jesus' life. That's, that's the idea here. His, he is the truth. That means when his word disagrees with my opinions or the culture or my lifestyle, I start with the commitment that he is right and I'm willing to realign myself to his truth. But then when it says he is the way, that means that Jesus teaches and models a way of life for us. And follow him means that I not only allow him to confront my thinking, but also my behavior. And so that when I look at that, I allow him to transform the way that I think and the way that I, I, I live. And, me, and, and following him means that I seek to walk in his way. I seek to become like him. And so then when he is the way and the truth, when I follow him as the way and the truth, then I find his life the full extent of the life that God has given me. But how do we do this? And this is one of the points that I think that is just so important. It's always in community. It's always in community. You know, when he calls us to be a disciple, being a disciple doesn't mean that I read a book. It means that I actually walk with Jesus and see him, you know, see how he lived. And then he tells his disciples, you go make disciples, which isn't go write books or go preach sermons. It's actually bring people alongside of you and we live life. And as a church, part of what we do on Sunday morning is important, but the Sunday morning by itself isn't ever going to be enough because we have to have relationships where we let people into our lives, where we walk alongside. I mean, for example, I mean, I could give a whole bunch of sermons on being a good husband, but I don't really know what that looks like until I interact with people and say, how does this look like in your life? How do you, how do, you do this? And this means relationships. It means community. I cannot be a disciple just by, you know, by content, by listening to a message or reading a book. In fact, it, we know we have the, down there Ephesians 4 as a passage, and look what it talks about even there. Therefore, as a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy. Here's the walking, here's the way, in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. So we're called to live this way. How do we do it? He continues, with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit, the bond of peace. How do I learn to walk that way? In community in a community where we're humble and we're gentle and we're patient, we're bearing with one another, that we're, that we're working together. And it continues on. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who is over all, through all, and all. And if you actually go through the rest of, of Ephesians 4, it's all about community. 
And here's where I want to encourage you. If you're, if you're not a part of some kind of a community group, we, you know, we're constantly trying to build these up. And, and so whether they're Sunday morning and we're going to you know, even talk in the, the meeting afterwards about a new one starting on Sunday night and, and throughout the numerous things throughout the week and Wednesday nights and, and all these things, I want to encourage you that if you're called to be a disciple, that comes, that comes in community and relationships. And, we're, as a, and if you're not involved in that, Please take the time. It, it takes effort. It takes, yeah, but the whole idea of being a disciple doesn't come easy. It doesn't come naturally. It means a commitment. And again, I will never be able to fully grow as a fully firm follower of Christ, a disciple outside of discipling relationships. And so if you're not involved, I want to encourage you to do that. As a church, this is where we're going. This is where the emphasis is. This is the priority. We don't want to just be a church. We want to have a strong Sunday morning and celebration and all that, but we want to play a place where we are growing to become like Christ, where we're discipling, where we're living this out, where we're being discipled and discipling others, learning to live out what it means to be a follower of Christ. And that is it for this week's message. If you have a question about the message, Community Church, or Jesus Christ, send us a text to 330-400-3242. You can learn more about our events and community groups online at ccpl.life connect. There, you can also send in a prayer request. We would love to pray for you. Have a blessed Lord's Day, and we'll see you next week.